As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. You can then bring that track record to so many people that your money is going to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So even if to start out, you need to JV with people and do joint ventures just to get the ball rolling. At least you have the opportunity now that you have this experience. Before we get into today's episode, are you a fix and flipper who needs some money? Do you need to maybe do more deals and you're limited by the funds you have available? Well then, Fund That Flip, today's best ever sponsor, has a solution for you. And you know Fund That Flip, right? Your loyal best ever listener, the founder, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show multiple times and they have been a previous sponsor and they love working with the best ever listeners and they provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy and you can get funded in as few as seven days. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, Go to fundthatflip.com and mention that, well, you heard about it on the Best Ever Show. Best Ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff. With us today, Justin Colby. How you doing, Justin? Good, man. How are you, bro? I'm doing well. Nice to have you on the show again. And best ever listeners, you have heard of Justin Colby because one, you listen to his podcast probably, right? If you're a flipper, you certainly should. The Science of Flipping. And if you don't, then I know you listen to our podcast. And episode 64, he gave his best advice ever. He's also been on the podcast a couple other times on the special segments. Because today is Sunday, we've got a special segment for you called Skill Set Sunday like we usually do. And you're going to come away with a specific skill that perhaps you didn't have, or we're going to help you hone that skill by the end of our conversation. And that skill is the science and art of wholetailing. It's a big focus of Justin's right now. A little bit about Justin, just as a refresher, he's a co-founder and president of The Science of Flipping. Last year, he flipped 96 homes. Yes, 96 homes. And he has a partner who they have flipped over 300 properties to date. And he's in the process of building 79 townhomes in Mesa, Arizona, based in Scottsdale, Arizona. With that being said, Justin, just to give the best ever listeners a refresher, you want to give a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, absolutely. I think my assistant may have sent you an old bio. We have done over 650 homes. We're wow. probably 700 at this point. 
We actually sold off the development. So that was good because if you've ever tried to develop or are a developer, you know the headaches and hassles that come with that. So it is actually a good move for us to sell that off. But I definitely think she gave you the old one. That was definitely a couple years ago. But things are rocking. One of the biggest things that I keep getting asked from our podcast listeners, the science of flipping, from our students, whatever, is how to profit more per deal and how to get more deals. And so obviously you have me on the show and we're talking about your specific trade or skill, skill set mm-hmm. Sunday, I think you named it. And yep. It's a great name, by the way. <laughs> uh, I love alliteration. Yeah. So obviously you and I've known each other for quite some time. And so one of the things that I wanted to bring to your loyal listeners is this art of wholetailing, which is a close cousin of wholesaling, as well as actually rehabbing. The main difference here is between all three, wholesaling, you tend to lock up properties with the intent to either assign your contract and or do a double close of sorts. Rehabbing, like everyone is well aware, you negotiate a deal, you buy the property, and then you add value to it by rehabbing it. Maybe a new kitchen, new roof, adding square footage, popping the top and going vertical. I've done it all. And back in 2010, I started what, I don't know if I can claim I termed it, but we started wholetailing, which is a cousin being that I find the leads and negotiate the leads the same way, but instead of the intention of either assigning the contract I actually will buy the property using private lenders. And then instead of rehabbing it, I don't rehab it. I don't put any more money into it. And I actually just relist it on the MLS. The reason that strategy works, and it works in any city, in any market, depending upon, well, I guess I shouldn't say any market because if it's a downhill slide like six, you want to be very careful. But the reason why the strategy works no matter where you are is because, especially right now in a seller's market, you can get top dollar. And so one thing that everyone wants to know is how do you make more money in this industry, right? And one of my answers to that, there's several answers, but one of my answers is stop being a one-trick pony and only wholesaling or stop being a one-trick pony and only rehabbing. The headaches that come with rehabbing is a slow paycheck for one. It may be bigger, but it comes slower. Dealing with contractors that don't finish their work on time and every other hurdle, as well as maybe the city. The hurdle with wholesaling is you might not make as much money per deal as you actually want, right? Though you make more money quicker and you don't necessarily have to raise any money privately. So this is a go-between that in a seller's market, you can get top dollar. I mean, literally we're getting an extra 20 to 50%, even 100% more than we would on our wholesale deals. Mm -hmm. And so it's a strategy that I've been teaching for a small group of people. And I finally kind of got the courage to bring it out to the mass public and speak on your show. And others are interviewing me about the subject as well. If you don't rehab the property, then who are you selling it to? Because I imagine the single family home buyer, the primary residence person is going to want something that's ready to go. Yeah. So it is not in every deal specific. It's not a one size fits all. So we try to do about 30% of our deals. I would like to be whole tales. And that comes down to the knowledge of the market. Meaning the key to this entire world is you need to know your market and what's selling for what. Otherwise, don't be buying properties. Don't raise money. You just need to know your market. That is the key. But we are actually selling to other investors. And the reason why is because guess what agents have on their buyers list? Other investors. Let's just make the argument I'm going to use Phoenix. There's 30,000. I think there's closer to 40. But let's just say there's 30,000 investors here in Phoenix. Let's just say 
there's five buyers on each of those agents' buyers list. Just five, right? No more than five. It's 150,000 buyers. Well, all of those buyers are having the same problem that we're having, which is what? Finding deals. Exactly. So I am direct to seller. No realtor knows about it. No one else knows about it. I get it under contract. Now, I have a list of 22,000 or so for wholesale deals. Yeah. Buyers, that is. Well, why wouldn't I want to go catch 150,000 buyers based mm-hmm. by putting it on the MLS? So I decide the terms, meaning if a realtor brings a buyer, it has to be cash or hard money. They are going to go conventional or use a loan for it because the home is in good condition. Then I'm going to require them to put down a non-refundable deposit of anywhere from 10 to 20% non-refundable. Their skin is in the game. If they're buying a $200,000 home, they're coming up with twenty dollars to $40,000 that is absolutely non-refundable, even if they don't get the loan. Mm-hmm. So I get to dictate terms. But at the end of the day, the people we are still selling to tend to be investors. But because they can't find properties, realtors can't find properties, I'm giving the market an opportunity to have a property that still has profit in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm really feeding a niche that a lot of people, especially in Phoenix, arguably one of the most difficult real estate investing markets there is, right? There are a lot of people. Our friend Sean is here and Cody and so many other investors are here. Well, if they only traditionally wholesale, I have a leg up on them because I have money that I can buy the home and then list it and get a premium and open it up to another however many buyers that I don't even have on my list. Mm-hmm. What would be the downside if you aren't able to sell it wholesale, basically at the retail price that you're looking for? Anytime you are borrowing money in, in whether you're a rehab flipper or a wholesaler or even a buy and hold, there's always risk, right? And that's why wholesaling is such a great way to get into the industry because it really, really limits your risk. Yep. So wholesaling, the downside of that obviously is you don't make as much money. You don't want to use this as a catch-all. This isn't every deal ever I'm going to be wholesaling. This is again, a tool in your tool belt for the right home. Like we just bought one last week for 400,000. We have it on the market as of this weekend for 495,000. So after cost of money, I didn't rehab it at all after cost of money. I mean, there's roughly 10% of my sales price goes to commissions for realtors, cost of money, holding costs. It's roughly 10%. It's a little under that actually. It's closer to nine, but I just round up. So after said and done, 95 grand minus roughly 45 grand, I made $45,000. I probably could have made 25,000 on a wholesale fee. Mm -hmm. So I doubled my money. I 2X'd my money because I had an opportunity to take this property down. So again, the risk would be is if you don't get it sold at the price that you want it sold. That's why you really need to know your market. I was going to wholesale it for 25,000 and whether I got the 25 or not, but that's where we were at. And so we underwrote it for a whole tail. So again, if you can 2X your money, knowing your market, it limits your risk. Now there's a risk anytime you're borrowing money and buying a property. Yeah. And I, I imagine the buyers who want the loan are definitely not desirable because even if they put up 10 to 20%, your returns wouldn't be as good since you're borrowing the money and you're paying on a monthly or whatever your terms are with your hard money lender. I dictate that. So you're right. I would prefer a cash close quick, but they come in, they're willing to put down 20% non-refundable an extra 30 days. And then we'll stipulate, I'll actually even go, if there's a lender here that will pay them enough, I'll actually line up hard money until they can refi out with a bank 
just to save myself. But at uh, the end of the day, three grand for an extra monthly payment. Again, so I went from making 45 grand to making 42 grand. I'll mm-hmm. take it. I'm still making an extra 20, 20 plus thousand dollars over wholesaling. Mm-hmm. For someone- In a very similar amount of time. The reason why I say this is I've rehabbed well over 350 deals. I've wholesaled roughly 250, 300. And so- it's something where I know the difference between the two. There's huge high risk in rehabbing because now you're actually putting money and creating value. And sure. if it doesn't reach it, you can be effed and ask me how I know that, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yep. And I love wholesaling for obvious reasons, same reason everyone does. But this is a great little niche that you can put an extra 150 to 250 grand in your pocket up and above straight to your bottom line is what I'm basically saying to you. For a best ever listener who was like, yeah, I like this wholetailing. Oh, wait, my bank account. I don't have that money. (laughs) How do you recommend someone starting out go find private lenders? I run a training on this, but one of the tools I use is a business partner, Kent Clothier, has a tool called Find Private Lenders. I've been using that now since he came out with it. And it is the same type of direct mail. Basically, it's a list provider that pulls all the data for people who lent privately, meaning not a corporation. Okay. And the direct mail simply says, hey, I saw you lent on 123 Main Street. I have a property very similar to 123 Main Street. If you're interested in lending again, please give me a call. And I found one lender specifically out of California that I've raised over $8 million with this one lender. Mm-hmm. Through direct mail? Through direct mail. And that wow. data, again, find private lenders now packages it, but that's all public data. You can absolutely go down to the county recorder's office and go pull all that data for yourself if you would like to do that. I'd rather spend the thousand dollars and buy the find private lenders now. The point to all that is it's as easy as knowing who you're talking to. And one of the things that everyone's biggest hurdle is how do I raise money? I don't know. If you don't actually go ask for it, you'll never get it. And most people actually never go talk to people about opportunities in real estate because they're scared, quite frankly. So they might be marketing, they might be wholesaling and you're making some money. Well, if you can take that one wholesale deal and show that to someone who might have some money, maybe they have a savings account, maybe they have a self-directed IRA, maybe their family is rich or, or whatever to say, here's an opportunity instead of throwing it in the stock market. And I have a whole presentation about this that I can give to your listeners if you guys would like. It's a private lender packet, I call it. And you just present it. Here's one to the main street. Here is my purchase price. Here's the sales price. Here's the mortgage. I'd like to borrow money at 10%. Here's the mortgage layout. After two months, I would owe you this, three months, this, four months, this, blah, 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 blah. Here's how you're protected with the note. The main key here is they want protection. It's not even as much about how much money can they make. It's how is my money going to be protected so I don't lose it? Because in the stock market, it's not protected. So in real estate, we have a way to protect them. And if everything goes to hell, then they at least have an asset, which is real estate. Mm -hmm. So it's about educating them if they've never lent on real estate. But once you do, and once someone has done it once, they have an itch for it. And I promise you right now, because shows are so popular, everybody and their mother, and I will agree to this, wants to be in the real estate investing business. Everybody. Look at Grant Cardone is everywhere right now talking about real estate investing and lending on property and returns on your investment. And it is everywhere. So you open up the door a little bit to someone, I promise you they're going to start drooling a little bit, trying to figure out how they can make this work, how they can protect their money and what type of returns they can get. It just takes you to go out and talk to them. So besides a list and direct mail, quite honestly, it's about the people around you. I have a friend who 
inherited a decent sum of money. He's a fireman. He doesn't know what to do with it. And he was like, hey, I know you flip homes. I'd like to do something with my money. Like, listen, I don't like mixing friends in business, but here's what it's going to look like. And I gave him the same type of packet. If you're good with this, awesome. You can lend me money. And if not, no harm, no foul. But you would be shocked about your friends and your family and the people around you, the people at meetup groups. If you guys aren't going to meetup groups, talking about raising money or doing deals together, you're missing some easy money. And I don't want to use the word easy because it's not just easy, but it's a lot more simple than people think it is. Right. It's true. It is, especially once you get some momentum and you have some projects that are returning some capital because then you get the same people and then they talk to people and then you attract other people. I want to ask you a clarification question. You said you can find the direct mail piece says, I saw you lent on 123 Main Street. If you're interested in lending again, give me a call because I have a similar property. Where in the public records does it show that someone lent on a property? Well, it'll show that there's a loan on a property. Uh huh. And then the way you decipher it is if it says Chase Bank or it says Justin Colby. Ah, okay. So if it's Justin Colby, it may not be 100% guaranteed. You are 99% sure that that's a private loan. Mm, okay, cool. And then the other question is, what are the types of terms? You gave a hypothetical example. I think you said 10%. But just for our best ever listeners who's getting started with private lenders, What's a typical term? I know it depends on the investor, depends on the deal probably, but just generally, what are you seeing? Most common is somewhere between 10 to 15%. I've raised- Annually? Yes, annualized. Okay. I've raised all the way down to 8%. I just got a line of credit from a lender at 9% for $5 million. Mm -hmm. Again, to Joe's point, once you start doing something and you start to show results- money becomes cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And, and what I wanted to say about that is even if you have to cut your teeth, meaning you have to do your first deal as a partnership where you call up someone, be like, hey, Joe, I want to do this deal and blah, blah, blah. Why don't we JV it? You bring the money, I'll bring the deal. We'll split profits. Even if you have to start there, which is very expensive money, that is as expensive as it gets. But now you start to have a track record. You can then bring that track record to so many people that, your money is going to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So even if to start out, you need to JV with people and do joint ventures and split profits just to get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. At least you have the opportunity now that you have this experience to bring elsewhere. So nowadays, most loans are 10 to 15% anywhere in there. I have a lender that gives me as low as 8%. 8% is the lowest I've received privately. Mm-hmm. I know, again, if you go to credit unions and banks, you can get lower, but I'm teaching you guys how to do it privately so you don't have to have any money out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And you do a note. I tend to do a six month just because I know I'm not going to hold it for very long. You annualize the interest. I back end it, meaning I'm not even debt servicing through the note. Meaning if I'm supposed to be paying a thousand dollars a month, it actually accrues on top of the principal. And so when I sell it, that's when they take the $1,000 a month, including the principal. I don't actually debt service and cut checks every month. You don't do interest-only payments or anything? No. Okay. You just lump it all towards the end. Yep. Because liquidity issues. So if you're doing 5, 10, 15 of these at a time or rehabbing, a lot of times the hurdle of rehabbing is liquidity. You have five deals wrapped up and you're doing rehabs, you have all this money out and you're like, holy hell, I have no money in my bank account. 
The five million dollar line of credit at nine percent. Are you lumping it all towards the end on those deals too, or do you have some special terms? Yeah, that line of credit, I can't. Privately, I do. So I called Joe and Joe, hey, let's give me a loan. Great. I would say, hey, Joe, let's structure it at 12% interest. I'll do back-ended interest, meaning it'll just continue to accrue. And then we'll just map out what the loan looks like. Six months, 12%, mm-hmm. blah. But the line of credit, I do have to debt service that. Okay. Have- and the line of credit, is that with a community bank? No, it's actually with a lending home. Huh. If you've heard of lending home. And so I'm happy to give anyone paperwork to see if they would fit that model. They do a very light credit check. You have to show you have money in the bank. They don't want to just lend to anybody. So it's not necessarily for starters, I would say. Mm-hmm. People who are out there doing deals, making money, you can go get a line of credit and go through an application. And the typical terms, you didn't mention any points at closing. Privately versus the line of credit is uh, going to be different. It is okay. straight loan, let's call it 10%, six-month note, annualized, debt servicing on the back end in the rears, right? Uh-huh. Line of credit can be different. So it could have points. You can increase your points and have lower interest. You can have less points and have higher interest, but it's all dependent upon what you want. What, what makes more financial sense? Points, a lot of times for quick transactions are not good. So I personally, as a wholesaler, want no points ever. I want higher interest because I'm not tending to hold it on long. Wholetailing, you should be in and out of within 30 days, period. From the day you buy it to the day you sell it and collect a check, no more than 30 days. That's the intention. Now, things happen. I get that. But your intention is to have a quick check, just like wholesaling. But you're doubling or tripling or even quadrupling what you normally would make on a wholesale property. Anything that we haven't talked about as it relates to wholetailing that you want to discuss before we wrap up? I think the thing that I got to just keep hammering home, you need to know your market. You need to know how many days on market or properties on the market for. You need to know what price point the hottest market is, meaning for us, it's about 150 to 200,000. That is the epitome of on fire. And so if I were to do this deal, again, I just bought a home for 400,000. So I have to know before I bought it, how many days on market are most properties at 400,000? Are there any comparable as is properties? Because I'm not going to rehab it. So you really got to dive in and know all the way down to what percentage of list price are homes selling for. So we saw that the homes at 400,000 were selling about 97% of list price. Mm -hmm. So if I listed it for 495 or whatever we did, the market's tending to give me 97% of that is what the home is selling at. Mm -hmm. So it is crucial to know your market, to know your price points, the days on market, how quickly things are moving, all the way down to how many cash transactions are in that zip code. So getting data before you pull the trigger on this is going to be the most paramount part of this. But once you know that data, security comes with knowledge, right? And so it will be a lot less risky because you have the knowledge behind you. So that would be the last thing I want to make sure everyone's very aware of that the most important part is your knowledge of your market, your zip codes, how quickly things are moving. Justin, how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? the science of flipping.com or the science of flipping podcast on iTunes is there. You can email me at justin at the science of flipping.com for any questions, justin at the science of flipping.com. And I think I did this last time. I have a book that I sell on Amazon aptly named the science of flipping. I sell it for $15, but anytime someone is gracious enough to interview me on their podcast, I tell them to go find it on my website for free 
So just go to the scienceofflipping.com and go ahead and download my book. It's my real book. It's not just an ebook. I actually sell this on Amazon. So it's a $15 book that I'm giving you for free. Just go to the scienceofflipping.com and grab that book. Cool. Well, Justin, you delivered on the value proposition here of wholetailing and discussing the pros and cons, the differences when compared to wholesaling and rehabbing, how to find private lenders. Well, first off, what the heck is it? How to find private lenders to help fund those deals, the list, the direct mail, people around you, the typical terms that we can expect to receive. I love how you mentioned you don't want the points, you'd rather pay a higher interest rate. I wrote that down. I was like, that's interesting. That's a good negotiation point to remember when you're talking to private lenders. Because when you do the math, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 1% at closing versus paying 1% over 12 months. Duh. makes a lot of sense. And also the data that is needed prior to doing this. And I'm really glad you went through that at the very end. Days on market. What percent of the list price are homes selling for? And knowing what is the sweet spot in your market, it's 150K to 200K homes that are the hottest. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend, Justin. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, dude. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about, do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with bestselling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. Tired of the noise in the real estate investing space but still want to light your business on fire? Real Estate Deal Talk is an original source of radio shows, podcasts, case studies, and articles devoted to real estate investing. For investors, by investors. Discover more at realestatedealtalk.com. That's realestatedealtalk.com.